Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Good morning. I want to start a, like, I don't know if it's probably going to be a series, but um, it's going to be a sermon that God has been speaking to me for a while, and it's called Speak. And it's all about moving your mountains. Moving. How many of you have mountains in your life that you need moving? Probably all of us. <laughs> we need to move some mountains in our lives. It's financial, relational, challenging. I mean, whatever challenges in your life, it's mountains that we need to move. And I believe that with this series, God's going to set us free from a lack of power and breakthrough in our lives. I really felt that. I felt that, that the word that God has given me, and it's probably an old word. If you've been in any charismatic church, probably somebody has been speaking about the power of your words. But it's something that God has placed in my heart in the, in the next couple of weeks that I feel that we need to dive into it because we are cancelling the blessings in our lives because of how we speak. Yeah. Now today I want to build a bit of a foundation for the next maybe two, maybe it's going to be three more weeks, but maybe it's going to be, I don't know, God is speaking to me as we go along. Um, but I feel that today is more of a building a foundation of this is where we're going. This is the, the power of, of what I'm going to speak about in the next couple of weeks. So there's so much I want to share. So, so maybe as I speak today, you're like, Any, but you need to say that and then that. I'll probably get there. But, uh, but I need to probably stick to my notes today because there's so much in my heart about this that if, I, if you let me lose, then we'll probably be at uh, 3 o'clock today still. <laughs> so I want to keep to my notes today and just make sure that we, that we plan out how we're going to Equip ourselves to speak better. Amen. Now I was reading a book, probably yeah, it was about more than 10 years ago. I read a book called The Heavenly Man. How many of you read that book? But when I started reading this book, I couldn't put it down. Now, I'm not a big reader. I'm, I love um, visuals. And I love to see things and connect to it. So I love movies. Me and my life are quite movie, movie fans. And um, I, I do read. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I do read. Um, but I'm not a fan of reading. But I'm, I'm coaching myself because I know John Maxwell says leaders are readers. So, so we need to all oh, need to read more and we need to equip ourselves more. But I was reading this book on Brother Yun. Now it's an old book. I don't think you get in print anymore. But Brother Yun was a missionary in, in China. And I started reading this book and 3 a.m. in the morning I couldn't put this book down. I was literally, and I'm not a guy, I mean, when I hit 11 o'clock I'm out. I sleep. <laughs> and I was reading this book. I just couldn't put, I mean, I was so convicted in my spirit about this book. And it's about this man speaking about the, the, the Chinese church being persecuted in China. Um, and, and how he prayed for a Bible and God brought him a Bible through an angel. And he memorized the whole book of Matthew in one day, running to a village. 10 kilometers from there and just reciting the book of Matthew and people getting saved. It is incredible. And as the guy grew up, he planted churches all over, all these underground churches, leading a bunch of churches. He, he was in jail a couple of times, but by the number, so many of times he's been jailed, he was beaten up, he was, I mean, he was tortured like you have no idea. And then he stood up against the, the authorities and for the Christian faith and he started fasting. Ended up fasting on food and water for more than 70 days, which is impossible. Incredible story. I mean, you need to read that book. It is so convicting and it is so stirring in our hearts. And 
So he escaped to Europe and he lived in Europe and he started preaching all over internationally. But there's one thing that, 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 that really got to me. One thing he said, probably in one of his last chapters, he said that I was persecuted by being tortured and beaten. But the worst persecution I ever had to go through was when people spoke harshly against me and lied or spread lies about me. Now this is a man who was beaten to an inch of his life. Many times. And he said that the worst persecution in his life was when people spoke against lies against him. When he was preaching all over the world. And he said he's a lie, he's a fake, he's this. And he says that kind of persecution was tougher for him than beaten up, being beaten up. Now see, our words carry power. It does. You see, spoken words bring people to tears, to laughter. It creates war between people, between nations. And it can shape the human soul. Words. Only words that we speak. But the most powerful thing that we as humans have on this earth is not man-made weapons or if we exercise in the gym and if I have bigger biceps, I've got more authority. No, no. The most powerful thing in this world, in this age, in this time, is human words. It's our words that we speak every day of your life. I've, I've heard a joke of men speak this much words and women speak this much. and I'm not going to go into that, but women speak more. Now Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible, actually said the amazing following thing. We all know the scriptures. He says life and death is in the power of the tongue. He didn't say life and death is in the power of your, of your gun or your sword. Or, he said life and death is in the power of your tongue. Now in the, in the Passion Translation, I just went to the Passion Translation and I read it there and it's quite amazing. It says your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And a talkative person will reap the consequences of it. Isn't that powerful? You see, Solomon was the wisest man that ever existed. And he said, the most powerful thing in life is your words. How you speak. What you speak. And it has consequences. You see, we can, we, what he said is we can release life or we can release death. By what we say. And every time I read that, I'm, I, I remind myself, it's like, how many times have I spoken death over situations in my life that I'm trusting God for? See, it means that we can speak life or death every day over our family, over our businesses, over our dog and our cat, over our neighbors, over our, the taxi who just cut me off. Over the cell phone that doesn't have a signal again. We can speak life and death over those things. Which seems stupid. But that's the power we have. Recently, Ikea. Ikea is a big superstore in America. And it's worldwide now. We don't have it in South Africa yet. But they made a, did an experiment on bullying in schools. And they took two plants in their store. Now we all, you know where I'm going. They took two big plants in their store and they put it in, in um, uh, what do you call it, glass cases. That's been, um, they, it's got a little nozzle who missed the plants and give it water. But what it also, in both of these cases, it had microphones on the bottom of the, the case. And they recorded the kids. They got the kids to participate in this experiment on bullying. And they got the kids to record 
for the one plant, record all the negative things you can say to the plant. It's like, you are ugly. You are such a bad plant. Look how ugly your plant, your, your leaves are. It's like, I hope you die. I, hope, I mean, all those things. And I just, the kids just loved it. They just went crazy. And then the other one, recording positive things. Oh, you're so beautiful. Hello, lovely. I mean, just all these things. And, and what they did is they played that tape. But the kids what spoke over the plants played it over and over and over. And the kids had fun. I mean, the first two days they were listening to all their voices, laughing. And by day one, nothing happened. Day two, nothing happened. After a week, nothing happened. The kids started forgiving, forgetting about the plants. But after 30 days, it was staggering that the plant, one of the plants were literally withering away and dying and the other one was flourishing. Guess which one? The one with the negative words were literally dying and the one with the positive words were growing and it was, it was documented on the internet. Go on the internet, go on YouTube and go just type in IKEA experiment on bullying. I wish I could show you the video this morning. It's a bit long. But see, if our words can bring life and death to plants, how much more will our words have impact on the world around us? On the stuff around us? On the things that we really care about? How much more do our words have an impact on that? Now what Solomon actually said is that we can be hung by our tongue. But the most powerful weapon we own is our tongue. Now this experiment was not just thought out by Ikea. But Jesus shocked his disciples 2,000 years ago with the same experiment. Now let's read about it. Mark 11, 12 to 14 says, Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. He was talking about Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree hanging, um, having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he would... He found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, quickly, before we go on, it's quite an interesting piece. It, it always intrigues me. I've got another sermon on that specific piece. But for me, it was quite funny. I thought, that's rude of Jesus. Don't you think? It's like, oh, a fig tree. It's got, man, I need to, I'm hungry. It's no figs. Oh, I hope you die. <laughs> I mean, that's quite funny. If you go look at fig trees, that the way figs grow is the fig and the leaf comes out together. So when there's leaves on a tree, they need to be figs. So what the tree did is he had flourishing leaves. He looked fun, phenomenal, but there was no fruit on him. So the way he was created, he was missing the point. And so many of us as Christians, we have great leaves. Oh, I'm, hallelujah, God is good, but there's no fruit in my life. There's no fruit in my life. So I always say, we as human beings, when we use our words, we, we so easily overpromise and underdeliver. We speak easier than we do. And Jesus was just, he wasn't mad at the tree. He was just like, you're not functioning the way you need to function. When there's leaves, there need to be fruit. So I know the scripture says it was not the season for figs. But hey, you have leaves. And if you have leaves, there need to be fruit. So let's go on. Now in the morning, as they, now this is 
the next day, we skip a couple of verses in verse 20. He says, the next morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he said will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now the Bible doesn't give us emotions or, or the tone of voice when we read stuff like this. But see, the disciples heard Jesus say, I hope you die, tree. But they, they made nothing of it. They just went on. It's like, wow, that's interesting. But as they came back 24 hours later, Peter walked past the tree and he was like, Jesus, look, the tree you said to die, it has actually died. And Jesus, like, if, it, if they were captions, he, I mean, Jesus didn't go, oh, Peter, you, have, you need to have faith, my son. I think it was more like, Peter, come on, man. Where is your faith? Didn't you see me heal all the people? Then why just didn't you see the death here and the blind see and I fed the five thousand? How the little girl that I raised out of the dead, Peter? Where's your faith, man? This was a, this was a long time into the ministry of Jesus. Peter has seen all these things, but suddenly something dropped for Peter. He saw Jesus use words. And after that, he saw the effect of Jesus' words. You see, Peter shouldn't have been shocked about this. He has seen more than any of the people in that time have seen Jesus did miracles. But then Jesus went on and explained that our words are not limited to a fig tree. He used the mountain. But I believe that we can apply it to anything in our lives. What is your mountain today? What is the mountain that's, that you need to get over and you're looking at it and it's like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get over this thing. I don't know how I'm going to get over this challenge in my life. Do I need to walk around? Do I need to climb over? Lord, there's just a mountain before me. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Does it, does it sound familiar? See, what thing in our lives represent the mountain you want to get over? Maybe we can ask, but do my words qualify? Maybe you're like me. It's like, well, that was Jesus. Do my words actually qualify? Would the same thing happen when the disciples walked by and, and did the same thing to the tree? Would it happen to them? Because they're not Jesus. See, do I need to be at a spiritual level um, before I can use my words and see power and see, do I need to grow a bit? Do I need to qualify? Do, how do I qualify? But Jesus made it very, very clear. He said, whosoever, whosoever. You see, if you are breathing today, yes, you qualify. You are whosoever. Whosoever, say to this mountain, whosoever. See, Jesus made it very clear who qualifies. All of us. Jesus said that our words can have an effect on a natural and a supernatural. In that one scripture, verse 23, 
he uses the word says three times. Three times. Whosoever says to this mountain, those things he says will be done and he will have whatever he says. Jesus said that our words filled with the power are are words filled with faith. He's making it clear that our words has power. But words that's filled with faith has more power. I don't know about you, but I want to see the power of God manifest in my life. I want to see the power of God manifest in our lives. But we need to start paying attention to what we say and how we say it. See, words have power more than any one of us realize. But we often speak meaningless stuff. I don't know about you, but I mean, there's so many times I listen to people and I hear meaningless words that they speak that actually has power. Now Matthew 12 verse 36 says the following. It says, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. It's quite a scary scripture. It's in uh, Revelations as well that every word or deed that you do on earth, you will stand in front of the, the throne of judgment and give account for. Scary scripture. It makes me think of what I've said in my life. I've said some horrendous stuff. Now see that word idle, the, 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 this phrase idle word, every idle word means that it's non-productive. So it actually says that every non-productive word men speak, they will have to give account for. See, we, see, we, we say things like, oh, I'm dying to see my children tomorrow. Or maybe I say, ooh, I'll die for a cup of coffee right now. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> we're not really dying, we're just emphasizing the importance of our need. I know that. But maybe you've said something like, <clears throat> oh, I, just can, I can feel the cold coming on. Does that sound familiar? It's like I'm just, I just feel I'm getting sick right now. I'm feel, as I'm standing here, I feel I'm getting sick. Is it just me? You see, these idle words kill our faith when we actually need life. I don't know about you, but I need life every day. There's so many instances that I realized I needed to change the way I use my words. I really do. Like people say things like, oh man, it was unbelievable. Well, so you're actually confessing to unbelief. <laughs> now we can make it very spiritual. But that's what we say. It's ongelooflik. Wow. So I try to coach myself like, it is believable. It is this gelooflik. <laughs> so all I'm doing is changing my my, my confession from unbelief to belief. <laughs> but it's just my conviction. But we train ourselves and we use meaningless words that, not, that doesn't have a lot of meaning, but it actually does. Because our, our words create life or death. See, I need to align my words with faith so that the power will produce life and not death. We've just spoken about Jesus a couple of weeks about Jesus and disciples on the boat. Do you remember the storm, storm sermon? 
a storm that was threatening their lives. And what happened? The disciples aligned their words with panic and fear. Jesus, we are about to die. We, we are about to, didn't you hear me? We are about to die, Jesus. <laughs> what did Jesus say? He stood up and he aligned his words to faith. And he said, Shh, peace, be still. Don't you have any faith? You see, maybe you like me and you've asked God, why don't I have more faith like so-and-so? I've asked that so many times when I was younger. So if I have faith like him, that I can have more miracles in my life. I can see more things that you do. Lord, I can trust you for bigger things if I can just have more faith like him or like, like her. Do I speak to someone here this morning? See, every person on earth has the same measure of faith. Can I prove it to you? Romans 12 verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, as Paul speaking, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than, than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure of faith. I thought, yeah, yeah, it just means that God has given us all an amount of faith. For you, a hundred times faith. For you, twenty. For you, you've been naughty. You only have five measures of... No, no. A measure means, it means the same. The same measure of faith. It's a measure. Now, let me explain to you. Think about a spoon that you dish up soup. So, I dish up soup. Every one of us get one measure of soup. It means that when I dish... The soup, the measure of the soup determines the amount of soup you get. Does it make sense? Which means everyone gets the same measure. The same amount. It's the same with faith. We all have received the measure of faith from God. And personally, I think Jesus had the same measure. He was man just like us. See, no born-again believer has more faith than any other some just do a better job of using and growing in them in their faith that was given to them. That's why it's, the scripture says we will grow from faith to faith. We will grow in that measure. We will know how to use it. Now, now just pause here. Jesus don't give small measures. <laughs> God doesn't give small measures. I've, I've said a long time ago in the early days of our church, I said that, did you know that your spirit contains so much? And the capacity that the universe has for the stars, so is your capacity of your spirit to contain God. Let that sink in for, for a moment. The capacity that the universe has for the stars, that is the same capacity that your spirit has for God. So, so when we get there, don't you think that the measure of faith you will get is much bigger than we think. And all have the same measure of faith. It's just, do we use it? Do we grow in it? Do we know the power of faith in our lives? You see, for us to understand the true power of our words, we need to understand that words filled with our faith birth powerful things. You can have words, but then you can have words filled with faith. Which is so much powerful. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we know the scripture, it's so, so many, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. 
It's a powerful scripture. We've, you've known it. If, maybe you've read it a couple of times. But if you go on to two verses, verse 2 and verse 3, if you get to verse 3, it says the following. Faith, it's again in a Passion Translation, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. See, the scriptures is not symbolic. It says that God actually created the universe with these words. Do you remember Genesis? We'll get to that in later sermons. The Holy Spirit hovering over the emptiness of earth. And God spoke and the Holy Spirit went. That sounds good to me. Let's create something. But God just spoke. Do you know that God's words are still creating? There is universes and constellations and galaxies that is still forming. It is incredible of how God's creativeness are still creating. That's how powerful God's words is. See, God spoke creation into existence and the substance of His words were manifested into what we see now. Everything we were created, everything we see were created by words. And it is the very word of God that holds the universe together, as I just said. Therefore, every, everything we see will respond to faithful words. Why? Because we are the authority. We are the sons of God. We carry God's authority on this earth. The universe, the creation, need to respond to our words. It need to. God says life and death is in the power of your tongue. It means that you can create, you can move, and you can set things in place by the words you speak. That is why it's important to train our mouths to speak. It's very important. I train my kids every day because they watch movies and stories that we sift as much as we can, but sometimes there's a word that comes out and like my one daughter said the other day, they, they sit like Barbie and they have this American accent. And it's like, oh, I just hate that. And I just, whoa, whoa, uh, excuse me. We don't use that word in our house. So I'm training them to use their words wise. And the same thing with me. I need to train my words to use it wise. Now, now I've heard so many times people, including myself, pray for something. And then right after they prayed... They say the exact opposite. I mean, I've, it happened so many times to me without us knowing. But God, please give us direction. Give us direction in life. Give me direction in my business. Give me direction in my family. Lord, help me to make good choices. And then right after you hear them, it's like, oh, I just, I just feel like I can't hear God. I never know what He wants me to do. But didn't you just... Did you just pray for that? See, by doing that, we're undoing everything we just asked for in prayer. Sometimes we need to know exactly what we ask and how we pray and what we, what we speak with our mouths. And I had to intentionally come to a place where I get myself to a place where I say, I need to listen to what I say. See, by doing that, we, we're undoing everything. Lord, please come and help me. Father, thank you. Lord, I pray for peace today. 
And then 10 minutes afterwards, I would get to my wife's like, man, I'm so stressed about today. What if this thing's done? I was like, whoa, 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 didn't you just pray for peace? Your reaction need to be, yeah, man, I just feel that I, I want to be stressed, but thank you, Father, that I pray for peace. So I just speak peace over my life. Although it doesn't feel like it, I just speak peace over my life because I know there's power in my words. There's power in my confession. See, there's such a fine line between our feelings and what we're facing in reality than believing and trusting God's word and what we've prayed for. It's such a fine line. Our feelings can lead you astray. That's why we don't react by emotions. We react by what God's word says. I don't know about you, but when I grew up, my parents and my teachers, they usually used the words, watch your mouth, young man. Watch your mouth. Do you remember? And, and it was me like, okay. But what they actually wanted to like say, be careful what you're about to say, because it can get you in trouble. The same is true in the spirit. We need to watch our mouths of how we speak about what we trust in God for. So when we believe in God for the needs in our lives, for wisdom regarding decisions, we have to be careful of what we're saying about it. Why? Because we want our words to agree with God's word. I want my words to line up with God's word. If my daughter says, oh, I just hate that. It's like, no, sorry. It is not how we use our words. Rather than says, I don't like that. Rather just train your mouth to speak words that come in life. So we don't use the word hate or divorce or those kind of words in our marriage, in our house. We use words that brings life. So we, uh, as parents, me and my wife grew up in families that, that we struggled while we grew, grew up. And it was such a poverty mindset and, and we grew up and, and, and both our parents were lifted out of that and God has been good to them and but sometimes we need to check our mouths on how we speak to our children regarding what they need. Sometimes I, I caught myself like, no, there's no money for that. Be quiet. And then God one day took me aside and almost like, Henny, why are you confessing you don't have any money? Why are you confessing you can't do that? Or my, my daughter will come to me and it's like, I will say, we are going to do this and this and this. And she would immediately say, I can't do that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you ever done that? No, but it looks difficult. I say, okay. But if you're confessing you can't do it, it means that you won't be able to do it. Because you're already gearing up your brain and your thoughts that I can't do this. I don't have any money, be quiet. So what we do now is we tell our kids, it's like, mommy and daddy have lots of money. But you know, I don't want you to have that now. Because you have enough. So I try to steer my words, not to lie, because in the spirit and what God has promised me, I've got enough. I've got more than enough. Although my bank account may say things in red, I confess positive life over everything I do. See, so when we believe in God for something, it is vitally important to speak words of faith instead of what we see or what we feel. Because when we speak about what you feel and what you see, because you don't, won't have a good day today, 
Then you start speaking and, and, and telling yourself how bad you are and how miserable you are and how much of a failure you are. What you're doing is you're creating death over your life, over your business, over your family. And that's just not me saying it. Solomon said it. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Be wise how you use it. See, when we speak words of faith, we agree with the Word of God. Now I want to take a sermon to dive into how powerful it is to confess God's Word over your life. And what the power of it is. I want to look at that next week and, and, and to show us that when you're facing turmoil in your life, to take God's Word as a medicine and, and use it. And start speaking that. And it brings change from an impossibility to a possibility. It's incredible. I can share testimonies upon testimonies of people speaking life over dire situations. And God started changing it. People coming to them, it's like, how in the world did you do that? How did it happen? How was it possible? And I was like, well, I just started speaking the word. I start speaking life over my business, over my finance, over my family, over my child. John 15 verse, verse 7 says the following. It says, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. See, if my words live powerfully within you, It's so important to know what we feed on will determine what we say. What we feed on will determine the words we use. What do you feed on? If I struggle with fear or doubt or, or struggle with emotions, the first question I usually ask myself is, Henny, what did you feed yourself on this week? Maybe I watched five movies or I watched series. Or I remember when I was in, at university in, in Potchefstroom, we had a, a student congregation with hundreds of students and I usually when I sat with one or two of them it's like you know I'm so struggling to get breakthrough in my in my um, purity or my relationships and others and I'm so struggling to get breakthrough and reading my Bible and praying and my first question is like what did you do this week just show me your your calendar so I go, I go to class on Monday and on Tuesday I do this and Wednesday I go to practice and and then Thursday um, I watch series because that's the first day series that all the series has come out I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so do you tell me from the morning, so when? I said, no, probably from 8, and if I finish everything, I'll probably finish by 3. So I just take the day off. I was like, so do you tell me you watch series from 8 to 3 the whole day? He said, yeah, it's great. It's a good rest day for me. <laughs> I said, okay, so what you are feeding yourself and filling yourself with is series upon series. Upon, it's not wrong. I don't say the series is sin. I'm just saying you're feeding yourself with something and you get to Friday morning cell group and you feel down and you don't know how and why. <laughs> See, when we meditate on a word and have meaningful conversations with people on a, on a weekly basis, it will fill our mouths with faith and our words become powerful. Now, I remember when I was in university, um, I had a few friends and we all got this revelation about the power of our words together and we started, God started really convicting us with how we use our words. And whenever we hear each other say something negative, um, you will hear something in a, in a friendship circle, 
I'll look at my friend and he'll go, shh. I was like, what? Oh, yes. I was speaking nonsense. <laughs> so we started keeping each other accountable on stuff we speak. And we prayed together and said, Lord, help us to hear the negative in our words together. So we would, one guy would start complaining. It was like, listen, I'm sorry, but shh, don't, don't say that. Let's, just, let's change your words. Let's, let's, let's just pray quickly and thank God for His goodness in that. Man, it was challenging in front, in, at first. I was offended every time. My friend's like, shh. It's like, man, can I just finish my sentence here? Please. He says, you can, but then just speak life. Man, I was so frustrated. But then I couldn't wait for him to make the same mistake so I can share him. Like, shh. <laughs> and it became a bit of a game. But then later on, it actually got stuck in our lives. I remember one day, two of my friends sat with me at lunch. And we are doing our theological studies here at UCT. And, and, and I did a school of campus ministry at UCT. And, or at, um, I did my practical at UCT. And two of my friends sat with me. And this is now a couple of years after this, this thing that we've said. And, that, and, and one of them looked at me and they said, Henny, do you notice how much you complain, bro? I was like, what? I was offended. It's like, what do you mean I complain? It's like, I didn't complain. He said, no, no, I just want to mention it. You know? Just want to keep me accountable. You know? <laughs> Man, I was offended. I was like, finished my lunch. Like, I'll see you guys at home. Because we all stayed. We all stayed in one house. Like 13 of us. You can't escape each other. It's like. And I was like, and he's just loving me. He's still friends. Great friends today. And he's just like, okay, it's fine. I'll see you at home. And, and, and as I walked home and. I was thinking about what he said. I was like, man, I can't believe he tells that stuff to me. I don't complain. I never complain. I realized I was busy complaining. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And then I started listening to myself. That is quite scary. I started listening to myself and realized that he was right. And I went to him. I said, friend, I just want to repent. I realize I do actually complain a lot. Would you help me? You can shh me whenever you want to. <laughs> but see, what we don't realize, every time we start to complain, we invite a spirit of discouragement into our lives. Now, but Henny, we can't make this a spiritual thing every time. No, no. Ephesians says that our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against every spirit. Yeah. Do you remember that scripture? So when we complain and speak death and speak things in our lives, we are inviting a spirit of discouragement and offense and doubt into our lives that oppresses us. So we make a decision to step away from faith into a place of non-life and complain because we want people to feel sorry for us. We want people to come into a place like, Henny, I'm so sorry, what can I do for you? But rather come into a place where you are accountable with friends that speak into your life. That say, guys, I've been struggling with one or two things. Can you pray with me through this? So it doesn't mean that we, we're not allowed to share our feelings. Absolutely not. Because when my wife comes to me, she shares in a safe place. She shares her struggles. And she doesn't complain. And then after that, we make sure we pray and we speak life into that moment, into that situation. See, the more we complain, the more we struggle to see breakthrough and provision in our lives. I promise you, I was there. 
Because I was wondering through that year and year and a half of my life, why isn't God breaking through? Why am I struggling? Why is this happening? Why? And then in one day in, at McDonald's, a friend tells me, Henny, you complain a lot. Maybe that's an issue. And when I started listening to myself and the words that I use, and I realized the power of my words every day, I realized, oh, okay. That's why I don't see breakthrough in my life. When I started changing my life, within the next few months, I started seeing breakthrough upon breakthrough in my life. Today as a family, we speak life in every area. We have a value for that. We make sure that we speak life. We speak life in every area. And we try to listen to each other as much as we can. And as I get to a place, I pray and say, Holy Spirit, will you help me? If I speak negative or negative words over my life, I speak the fear that I feel, I start voicing the emotions that I feel, that I know that I'm busy creating things in my life that I don't want to be at. So it's okay to feel feelings that, that is discouraging. But what do I do with the feelings with my words? I start speaking life. Does it make sense? So when I start feeling scared or fearful or stressed, I would go to my wife's. Or I will be alone at car. I put a worship song on and I just worship because I defeat the enemy fighting my battles with worship. Or I would just loudly say, no, I will not be anxious. I will be peaceful. Or I, I will receive a a doubtful thing or a fearful thing about finances or, or relationships. And I would just say, Father, I thank you that no matter if I want to speak the thoughts that I have right now, I will speak life. I will speak life over my, over my body. Or, or maybe, um, I spoke to a guy the other day and he says, he's got this pain in his body and, and it is really stressing him out. And, and the fearful thoughts has been coming over him. Maybe it's the worst. And he's so scared he doesn't want to go to the doctor. Maybe it is. And now the thoughts have been haunting him. And every time he speaks, he speaks more death and more fear. And I was like, whoa, whoa, just wait. I want you to start speaking life over your body. So every time you feel that pain, you don't know what it is, just put your hand in and say, Father, I thank you that you've given life. John 10.10 10 says that enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But you give life and life in abundance. So I speak life in abundance over this area. I speak life in abundance over my body. I speak life in abundance over my life. That I will grow to a ripe old age. I will see my children grow up. I will see my children get married. I will... Do you get catch my drift? See, we need to be trained to speak life over our lives. No matter how dire the situation is, God has called us to keep on speaking life. But Hini, how about the boss that gives me grief every day? Or that client that I've been working through, working with, and he's so discouraging. Every time I speak to him, he just moans and moans. So it's easy to speak life over him. Yeah. Every time I go to a friend and I know he complains a lot, and I, when I, if I tell him he complains, it's going to offend him to such a degree that he's never going to speak to me again. Every time I go to him, as I'm on my way there, I will start speaking, Lord, I thank you for so-and-so. I thank you for life in his life. I just speak um, life into our conversation and a positive vibe today that something will change and then every time he goes into a bit of a, a dark way to complain it's like man have you watched the rugby this weekend it was so amazing and we just steer the conversation 
You see, we have power in our words, but also we need to be intentional how we steer our words. What do you create with your words? It's not so easy when things are tough. I know. But we make, you have to make a decision to keep on speaking life. Keep on speaking life. I remember I was driving a car. <laughs> God gave me a... I mean, oh man, it's so amazing. I was... I just went into ministry. I met Salome. We weren't married yet. We were dating. And, and um, I, was, I was, did my studies here in Cape Town. And um, I, I didn't have a car. My, my parents couldn't afford a car for me. So I was, I was a professional runner. I retired, went into ministry, and I had nothing. And I was like mad about it. You know, it's like, why, why, why? And then one morning, I was walking to church about three kilometers. Because I had to be at church early to set up stuff. And as I was walking to church, I was going over a bridge. And I was sweating and I was mad. You know, I was like, Lord, where are you? I mean, goodness, I'm, I've been in ministry. I gave my life to you. Everything. I mean, I'm walking to church. Look, look, I'm walking in the sun. I'm sweating. I need to love people and pray for them. How can I do this? <laughs> have you ever been in that place? It's like, Lord, why don't I have a car? I mean, this is stupid. I mean, do, don't you love me, Lord? Don't you love me? And God just, I remember it so clearly today. It's like, Henny, stop. I was like, huh? like listen to yourself and I realized ooh, ooh, I've been complaining <laughs> that's all I do so as I, that was when I was going up up it was actually quite prophetic I was going up the bridge and as I'm coming down God reprimanded and convicted me and I started repenting Lord okay I'm sorry father I'm sorry Lord just Lord it's tough no I just okay I'm sorry you know and as I got to the bottom of the bridge I started praying I said Lord I thank you that I can just pray that you release things in my life that, that I will get a car. I don't know how, but I know you know. So thank you, Father. By the time I get to church, man, I was pumped. I was like, yeah, look, let's do this. Man, I want to pray for people. I want to do church. How many chairs do I have to pack out today? I'll do everything. You can sit down and have coffee. I'll do everything. <laughs> that next morning, that next morning, I got a phone call from my uncle. He lived in Somerset West. I was in Potchefstroom and... He said, Henny, um, I heard you are looking for a car. And I was like, yeah, I'm just waiting for God to give me the right car. You know, I don't want to tell him, I don't have money, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He said, no, no, um, how about my red little Corolla that I have here at home? And I thought, so, yeah, I actually need a car that can go far. You know? I, I, <laughs> it's like, but how much do you want for the car? He said, no, no, I don't, I don't want to give you the car. It's yours. If you want it, I'll book a plane ticket down to Cape Town. Uh, we're busy fixing up the car and just come and fetch it. When, you, when, when can you come? I was dumbstruck. I was like, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds like an awesome car. I'll <laughs> come and fetch it. So I flew down. They fixed I mean, they paid like, they've spent like 10 grand on the car. I mean, I stayed here for two days at the beach. Amazing. He gave me like a thousand rand petrol money back. I, I'm as blessed. And I was driving back and I remember, Lord, yo, thank you for stopping me, speaking death over situations that I needed breakthrough for. Amen. How much in our lives do we need breakthrough for in our lives? But we've been moaning and complaining and speaking death over things that we need breakthrough in. And since that day I realized, Lord, I'm, I'm going to speak life into every situation. Although it seems dire, may, maybe it seems so impossible that I don't care. I believe you are the God who supplies. 
And I remember every time I went to, so I, I went to fetch Salome at night, the Corsairs, and we had some lunch or supper, and I took her home to the Corsairs, and I had to go over a bridge again, the same bridge, going home, and the car was empty. And every time I just speak life, I was like, Lord, I just speak life of the petrol on this car, it will go. And then as long as I just get on top of the bridge, I know I can free her home. And it happened so many times. I had like this one gluck at the, at the top of the bridge and I just take it out of gear and I just fly all the way to. And then in the morning when I want to start my car to go to the petrol station, I say, Father, I know that this thing was empty last night, but I speak life with it. This thing will go to the petrol station. I start and it goes to the petrol station. And I just knew the power of my words with creating things in my life. I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge you as I just lay foundation for this next couple of weeks. I want you to listen to your words, starting now. Listen to how you speak, how you confess, how you speak life or death into situations that God has already spoke life over. And I want to challenge you to see how much life you speak and how much death you agree with. Because sometimes you can sit in a conversation with people complaining about all the nonsense in the world and we can agree with it by our words. The word says, whatever you agree with two or more in this earth, you will have what you agree on. Don't agree on things that brings death, but agree on things that brings life. I mean, every time I sit with people, I mean, I had a moment last night where somebody sent me the millionth time send me a text on the coronavirus and we need to have more vitamin c and then do this, and this i said thank you for the information but thank you i would not like to have any more of those fearful sms's i love you you're amazing but no thank you i'm not gonna sit and agree with death and go into panic because my god is a god who heals but we need to steer our words so we speak life amen why don't you stand with me? I want to pray with us. Let's trust God this morning that, that as we pray that something will drop. You see, I had a moment when I was a young student. I had a moment of revelation in my life that, ooh, I am creating life and death with my words. Now some people might see this as super spiritual. Oh, he need stop being super spiritual. Okay, but I... I still want to take God on His word that says life and death in the power of the tongue. So what do I do? Do I do life or do I do death? Do I agree with God's word and have life words filled with faith or meaningless idle words that I will have to give account for? So Father, I thank You for everyone here this morning. I thank You that, that we don't want to be sin conscious, but we want to be clever and wise in what You've given us, Father. And I pray that this week will be a great week where we start to speak life into every situation in our lives, that we will start seeing the mountains move. And not just look at it and complain about it, or speak to God about our mountains, but we want to start speaking to the mountain about our God. And I thank you, Lord, as we speak to the mountain about our God, our God of the impossible, we will see the mountains move. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.